This Future Construct podcast episode is supported by Applied Software. Applied Software is on a mission to transform industry by empowering their clients and championing innovation with real world expert consultants. So visit asti.com, it's A-S-T-I.com, and please let them know that we here at Future Construct and BIM Designs sent you. Welcome everyone to the Future Construct podcast. I am your host, Amy Peck. I am very excited for today's guest, Arnie Haskinen, who is a managing partner at AE Partners and a construction innovation agent at AEC Business, as well as being a blogger and a podcast host. He is also hailed as a top 100 influencer in construction. Welcome, Arnie. Thank you very much, Amy, and I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Uh, as you said, I'm a podcaster. And I'm, I'm typically the one doing the uh, uh, interviews. Yeah, so I, I, will, I will do my best now to ask the questions and, and let you respond, which will be a, a, you know, a, a new event for you. Um, so you're, you're an architect, but of late, you've been focused more on construction, construction innovation. So why the shift? Well, it's a long story, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, so I, I, I am an architect and I was one of the pioneers in computer aided design already early on. And uh, of course, f look, look, looked at the industry from the architect's point of view. But recently I have been f focusing more on, on construction specifically because I have we have clients who are in in the construction uh, side side of of the industry, and also I find it very fascinating what's happening right now on on construction sites. For example, it was a month ago I was here in Helsinki on a construction site that was testing out a spot robot, the the robot spot which looks like a like a dog. Uh, for uh, reality capture and 3D scanning, and and that was really fascinating. And I think that's that's one of the pieces of the future that we're going to see more robots on the construction side. Yeah, I think you're right. Now we 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 have uh, looked at a few different robotics companies on on construction sites, and I, you know I read an interview, um, and and you've done some some fantastic interviews, and so there's so many questions that I'd like to even dig deeper on, uh, but, but let's kind of unravel kind of the robotics piece and, and what you're seeing around robotics and maybe some other emerging technology on construction sites actually in use today. And, and you know, what have been some of the challenges of bringing this type of new technology, you know, onto construction sites? Yeah, very good question. I think that what we, most companies are doing uh, on, on construction side is is uh, replacing manual uh, paper-based processes with uh, let's say pads uh, and and computers and mo mobile devices. So they are in a way um, digitizing manual processes, which is a natural progression, I would say. And uh, but but we have noticed that especially in countries with high um, labor costs uh, and and uh, let's say a high level of um, co uh, construction safety, they are more interested in automating even those uh, tasks that have been 
traditionally done by humans. And data gathering is one of those tasks. So I think that the first concrete applications for robots will probably be uh, in around data data gathering and reality capture as we've seen with the spot robot and all but also uh, i have seen robots that are doing uh, construction site cleaning so uh, wiping the floors uh, removing dust which is very typical on construction sites and also even some some robots that are drilling holes so um, some of those more manual tasks will be also probably replaced but the the problem with robots on construction sites is that the site is always changing it's not the same today as it was yesterday which means that the uh, the environment is in, in constant change and there are people there are materials uh, there are tools and there are all sorts of unexpected uh, obstacles on the site and that makes using robots really difficult it's much more difficult than having for example a car driving on a, on a road because a road is basically two-dimensional but a construction site is three-dimensional exactly and i think that um again and, I, and i've heard of different you you sort of say this in different ways in different interviews is that you know on on the one hand the construction side of things are, are really you know, ripe for digitization and innovation. Um, but in certain scenarios, there's been either reluctance or it's just been a real challenge to be able to bring this technology in. So how how do you see that gap closing? Well, I think that there are there are certain, um, let's say, process side things that are happening, which will eventually require more digitalization on, on, on construction sites and one of those is um, uh, lean construction for example tact production which is becoming very popular uh, here in finland and in also in in several european countries and and I've, I've seen it also happen in the usa so lean construction in general means that you have to um, um, plan the process plan the project really uh, more in more detail and carefully and also make sure that everything happens on time so uh, the management uh, requirements are much higher than in, in traditional construction and uh, that's one thing that will speed up the digitalization because it requires more more accurate timing of, of things and also seeing uh, what I call a real, real-time construction site, actually. So, so that's one thing that is definitely moving the industry forward, uh, and also automation of processes is one, another thing that we have seen, and and that has already happened in design and engineering, but now it's coming to the construction site as well. So there are there are process-driven uh, reasons why, and also the the. I would say the the overall question of prof, uh, productivity, which means that you must automate and standardize processes. And you you, you mentioned as well um, in one of your interviews, which I thought was was really really intuitive, and and it's saying you know 
there's this tendency to just move towards the next shiny object, right? People are talking about robots, people are talking about AI, people are talking about AR and VR, and that there are some dangers in just using technology for technology's sake. And so can you expand on that a little bit and what advice you give to companies who are looking at this digital transformation? Yeah, that's a big question. <laughs> uh, well, um, in general, I would say that, first of all, I, I believe that technology is an answer to many questions, to many questions. But the first thing is to know what is what is the problem that you're actually solving. So what is the right problem? If you're if you're solving the wrong problem in a way, uh, for example, trying to do something the old fashioned way, but just doing it digitally that may take you a bit further but uh, but it's still not enough so i would say that maybe you should start first of all experimenting with the technology so that you can get a realistic picture of what what it's all about and i i have seen that people on construction sites are are really open to experimentation so but they have to have time and and resources to do that and if you're just doing it um, during a, a, a really busy project, it's really difficult. So you have to set aside some time uh, and, and plan the, the, the experimentation. And then um, when you're getting more experienced technology-wise, you can start uh, thinking about your, your processes. What is, how could we... Um, streamline this process is there something that we could leave out because we know that in construction about 70 percent of all work is in a way uh, waste so it is uh, understanding what that waste is is it waste of time is it unnecessary movement is it um, is it lack of information looking for information and and so on so when you understand what the waste in your process is, is then you can start thinking about how could we do this better and how could how might technology actually help in all this so so it's um it's maybe looking critically at your processes is is one one of the starting points and also what are your goals what are you trying to achieve for example if you are looking for um for a shorter time uh, throughput time, for example, or something else, cost saving, labor saving. If you are trying to do um, prefabrication, for example, that's one thing that will require more new technology and so on. So um, it's about goals and it's about waste and, and finally about getting uh, some sort of experience on, on these technologies. This episode of the Future Construct podcast is supported by the amazing team at Applied Software. They have solutions for any modern project. Applied Software is on a mission to transform industry by empowering their clients and being the champions of innovation with their real-world expert consultants. They have a comprehensive suite of solutions for AEC, MEP, and manufacturing, and they have a singular focus to help you achieve higher performance. They have software, training, support, consulting, and custom development. Applied Software has you absolutely covered for all of your workflow needs. And BIM Designs is proud to be a client and partner of Applied Software. 
So visit ASTI.com, that is A-S-T-I.com, and please let them know that Future Construct and BIM Designs sent you. I think, you know, it's, it is true. There's this sort of new shiny object moment and it makes much more sense to, to sort of look at it from a, a problem first perspective. But you said something that I think is really interesting, which is, you know, what, what are their goals? And I think, you know, we're in the process, uh, you know, at, at work in general and particularly on construction sites of, you know, just getting the project done and there are deadlines to meet and there are targets to hit um, so that, you know, that it can trigger payments. And so, you know, how do, how, do, how do companies step outside of that cycle and really project themselves into the future to think about not just, you know, what their goals are, you know, in, in, in immediate terms, but really what kind of companies do they want to be in the future? And how can companies carve out, you know, that type of true innovation within their company construct? Yeah, that's a good question. I have seen even large uh, construction industry companies that have a really, let's say, thin uh, organization when it comes to development and innovation. And so that's one thing. And I understand that that's because it's always easy to uh, save uh, uh, costs in, in because these people are not uh, the, the the cheapest people to have, so it's always easy to to save on those, and and they typically are not given enough time and resources to actually do anything meaningful. So they that that's one problem that we don't have the culture in these companies of of innovation and and development, or it's more like it's 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 um it it looks like there's something happening, but in reality, if you compare it. Uh, for example, to, to the electronics industry, it's really uh, minimal. And also the, the overall investments in technology, IT uh, technology are, are really small. So I think it's a cultural thing. First of all, you have to start thinking about that. But, but I also understand the financial restrictions and, and the space that you are having. So it's, it boils down to productivity and, and profitability. So you must be a profitable, well profitable company to, to be able to do anything like this. So, but, but one thing that we have, for example, in Finland, been eager uh, to, um, to do is to, to collaborate across companies and, and across uh, trades. So because construction is always, it's never a one company uh, show. It's always a question of, of bringing dozens or hun even hundreds of companies together on a project. And, and uh, if you are just meeting for the first time on a project, it's really difficult to innovate anything there. So I would say that uh, uh, in addition to the culture, also uh, do more collaboration with, with, uh, with your peers, but also with other, other trades. And um, one thing that is also important and has been very pr fruitful in, in Finland, for example, is uh, collaboration with uh, government authorities and cities. So um, I'm, I'm not sure if that's as popular in the USA as, is it, as it is in Finland. No, and I think it, it again, it depends on the, you know, the country. I think there are certainly uh, municipalities and I think at the state level, there are some collaborative efforts. I think at a, at a national level, it poses a challenge in, in a country like the US. Um, but, 
but I, but I think you're right. I mean, I think it's, it's an important piece to, to, to have a, a culture of collaboration. And I think even in some regards with your competitors, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're able to elevate the industry as a whole, uh, you know, the theory is there's enough business for everyone. I'm not sure all competitors think that way, but I think the the companies that are going to win in the future do have that mindset. And, and it's about really elevating the industry. Like you mentioned prefabrication, for example, um, you know, what, what do you see, you know, as innovations there and as some of the benefits of, of prefabrication? Well, uh, we have done that in Finland for since the 1950s, I guess. So it's really uh, so it's not new for you. No, that's not you know. So it would be it would be really uh, difficult to imagine a project that would not use prefabrication. But um, what's happening in there and how technology can help? Of course, it's a question of first of all, we we came up with standards in Finland in the 1960s and early 70s for for construct uh, for concrete construction so we have standardized in a way the Le lego lego uh blocks in, in a way that you, we are using so that's that's one thing uh so uh to be become uh, more efficient and to make to get the uh, um, gains from prefabrication, which means that we can have several different manufacturers that are basically manufacturing the same components so it's possible not to just to rely on one one manufacturer uh, and then that's one thing the standardization but also because um, buildings are not typically uh, the same this uh, you have to um, productize in a way buildings so that you can you can um, use repetitive uh, uh, solutions and 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 there i think that robots will play a, a key role in the future that they allow us to do manufacturing scale solutions with robots uh, cost, cost efficiently. So I think that's one of the key uh, uses of robots in the future in, in this industry. Yeah, and then I think, you know, adding an AI layer and then visualization tools in a virtual environment where you can actually look at you know, a multitude of uses for a particular uh, prefabricated piece so that that the, you know, I guess, from an architect standpoint, they don't feel boxed in, right, by by prefabrication, but that they actually have, you know, just a, a slightly different palette to choose from. Yeah, yeah, yes, you're right. Because that is, of course, one of the scares that that designers have that now I'm, I'm becoming useless and it and uh, machines are going to do the design in the future i think that machines are definitely going to do a lot of design in the future and and replace what i would call route work in in the in the industry which actually doesn't require a, a professional designer but but there's still a lot of work to do in for for every architect in the world i, I world i i'm sure so I wouldn't be too scared about that. But I, I see that AI is one of the key technologies in general, uh, overall in the construction industry. For example, when we are now getting so much data from the construction side, from all sorts of sensors, video cameras, cameras, uh, 3D scanners and so on, it's impossible, humanly impossible to process that data. For example, for quality inspections 
and that's why we will definitely need AI and uh, and, and machine learning to be able to utilize those uh, efficiently. And I think we're going to hit a, a critical mass of data where not only are we able to use it on site as um, you know a mechanism for you know measuring uh, kind of the the level of, of as built but then to be able to start to predict and optimize the way that we're actually building if we're, we're able to aggregate all of the data like the robots are taking a tremendous amount of data and we're doing lidar scans and so if we're able to take that every step of the process um, you know, how do you see then being able to really implement much more of a kind of a predictive design methodology um, so that you're actually designing uh, towards a very efficient, uh, you know, uh, build cycle? Yeah, yeah, a good question again. So the the problem that I see in, in, in as an architect, I, I thought we were basing our decisions on on previous understanding of our work so we didn't really get for example enough feedback from from the construction site or the the users of the buildings and environments that we were building so we didn't really know we were just guessing and using our professional judgment to do things and decide on things so that's one thing that i i would love to see a change in in that respect that that we could actually get the data to to uh, use as a, as a tool for for creating better solutions in the future and 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 also in in general the, the amount of data is going to be so huge that it it requires these tools and um and and I'm, i but one thing that is also when we are talking about gaps in in the process one gap is of course when the building for example is completed and it's handed over to the owner and and the users and there's still a, a huge gap there uh, information wise and, and 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 that's something that we need to consider because finally construction is just a short period in the life cycle of a building and and the real value comes from the use uh, that it uh, serves so that's uh, a bigger problem in the future to, to solve. See, I, I love that you that you that you brought that up because, and this is this is across multiple industries. Often, we're so focused on the product that we forget the usability factor. And, and a truly good designer thinks about you know the, the user first, and then designs to the user. Um, and and so how do you see you know the evolution of smart buildings now you mentioned sensors and sensors are being built into these buildings now so not only can a smart building kind of assess its own needs um, but you know are we building these the the data that we're collecting to understand kind of the I guess the ergonomics and the flow of, of a particular building relative to how it's being used do you see that happening today or are you hopeful that it'll happen in the future? Um, I think there are certainly um, some point, uh, some point, point examples in, in the, across the world about that. But th those are really the spearhead projects where we have seen the the building that really creates a lot of data and it's it's actually being used for for these purposes. So it's really 
not mainstream by any means. Uh, so it's, I, I, but I'm, I'm sure that it will be in the future because um, first of all, when we are now building a, uh, any, any type of building, and uh, we have seen that recently, how, how the original use may not be valid anymore. Uh, because, for example, the way we work will change, and the way we will live will change. So uh, that that means that the the building that will be there for for several decades has to be uh, flexible enough, has to be responsive to the needs of the of the users, and that's a huge uh, challenge. But I, apart from co construction technology, I see a, a lot of things happening in the prop tech. Uh, world and and prop tech startups there are there are many of those unfortunately most of them are focused on on track transactional innovations regarding uh transactions in the in the real estate uh, world but i'm 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 sure that this um, continuum from from the use to the uh, design and and back will will emerge uh, and it has to because we we don't have and and of course, the environmental aspect is one that is going to define a lot of, of our solutions in the future. And that's, that's also a thing that we need data and technology to, to manage. And we, and we need more of your uh, living walls in, uh, in these buildings in the future. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a good example of, of a wall that understands uh, where it is and, and can report back when it needs more fertilizers and water and so on. And it's all very totally automated, all the all the things. It's it's by a Finnish company, Nava. And it's uh, um, it's uh, at our on our premises in, in Helsinki. And you know, I and I I wish we had more time because it's it's been so refreshing. I, first of all, I I hope it's been refreshing for you to actually get to expand on on these ideas that you that you work with your clients on. Um, but also just um, being able to share with us some some insights, and you brought up so many pieces that I think uh, you know a lot of companies just you know it's hard for them to 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 be future forward while running their businesses, and and I so I, I really appreciate some of your insights here, and would love to hear. And this is a question I ask everyone at the end of the interview. Uh, so if you could project yourself, you know, 20, 30 years in the future. And you could have, you know, any device or, you know, technology that, you know, makes you happy or makes your life better. Uh, what would it be and what would it do? Oh, I know that predicting the future is really difficult <laughs> and, <laughs> and trying to imagine even what's because already during my work life, things have changed so much. So, so it's really difficult to imagine, but I, but, but based on the, the, the experiences that I've had recently, I would love to see a technology that would allow us to communicate uh, better, not on zoom, but, but somehow <laughs> in a, in a, on, on a different level totally. So, so that's something that the connection between people and individuals, how, how, how can we connect more, um, efficiently and more humanly that would be something i don't know if it's a hologram or or technology or whatever but but the today's technology is really primitive uh, and and i'm looking forward to to seeing something completely different in in terms of of human to human communication 
Uh, I love that. Well, I think maybe our next interview we should have in either virtual or augmented reality and we can be avatars or holograms. <laughs> I've tried it. Yeah, it's really, it's really, it's funny that when you're in, in that virtual space for, for a few minutes, you forget about it. You, you yeah. get part of that. <laughs> you forget about time too. Whenever I, I have people go into VR in particular and I ask them how long they think they've been in, they usually miss it by about half. Because they're just they're so immersed, and they think I was really in there for thirty minutes. It felt like ten. So. Yeah. If I can add one thing uh, that we talked about talked about technology and the shiny objects and, and and others, but the truth is that oftentimes people who invent technologies they don't invent the use of the technology, and that's for the users for us to to do that's our role i remember nokia the mobile uh, phone manufacturer in F finland in in the 90s they they had invented uh, sms text messaging and i remember because we were designing uh, r d buildings and factories from them i i remember that one day uh, one day that they uh, they said that we have this new thing we can send um, messages on the phone, but we don't have any idea if it's of any use. So they didn't come up, the engineers didn't come up with the use, but it turned out to be a multi-billion dollar industry. <laughs> indeed, indeed. No, I think that's right. And I think, imagine if they had engaged users really early in the process and said, how would you use this? That maybe yeah. it would have, we would have gotten away because remember it started with the ABC and you'd have to like get twice to get B and it was a little yeah, bit so, of a challenge, but yeah. So, so my there. message is yes. My message is that we are all innovators of, of and and without us, the technology is worth nothing. <laughs> Indeed, that's exactly right. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Amy. And uh, I, I, we would have so much to talk, um, but we just scratched the the surface. But well, well, <laughs> it was well. We'll have to have you back on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. Okay. Have a nice day.